0: Lock
1: Talk Radio. Lock Talk Radio. You deserve
0: the
2: glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our
0: heads
2: in worship as we praise your holy name. You deserve... And the other, Lord, we lift our hands and worship, as you bless Your the best you deserve, you deserve us all.
3: Uh, welcome to the God's of Seven and Time Prophecy Channel. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm Sister Barbara, and I'm here today with uh, I'm going to say a creepy prophecy I got um, a few days ago. Let's see, when did I get it? Uh, February 20th at 8:14 uh, a.m. All right, let's see where are we today? Today is February 23rd, 2024. And let's see. Um, what I want to do is I want to start with the prayer because I usually forget by the time we're heading towards the end um, and this is the prayer of Jabez. Now it is in the scriptures I rearranged it so I could pray it um, God the Father in heaven in the name of your son our Lord
1: radiant You
3: deserve the glory
2: and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we you praise Your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we you praise Your holy name. You deserve, You deserve the glory.
4: There is no one else like you. There is no one else. You are great. You do miracles so great, so great. There is no one else
2: like you.
4: There is no you do mighty things, and you do glorious things. You're a faithful God. Awesome is your name. Somebody, come on. You do my, you do glorious things. You
2: do glorious things. You're a faithful God. Awesome is your name. We give the glory, God, you do mighty things, you do, you do glorious things, you do, you're a faithful God, awesome is your name, awesome is your name, Children
4: faithful God. Awesome is your
2: name.
4: You do mighty things. You do glory. You're the faithful God.
2: Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle-working God. Your name is Yah. Your name is here. Your name is here. You're a
0: miracle-working God. Your, your name. name is you wanna declare it. Your name. Your
2: name. Your name is Yah. We were- Your
4: name is Yahweh somebody bless him bless
2: him in this place your name is Yahweh
5: thank you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Yeshua thank you Jehoshua what an awesome 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 did I, did I say enough awesome God we serve amen thank you Lord thank you Jesus Thank you, Yeshua! Hallelujah! What a great blessing! The Lord allow us to share His Word, His revelation tonight, my brother, and my sister. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hope everyone can hear us fine. I hope our voice, our our, our our audio, are sounding good. You can hear us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, sister. Thank you, sister Regina. Amen. Thank you, thank you, Lord. God, God is good, and his love endures forever, my brother and my sister. Amen. His plans are coming to pass, because our Father, our God, is still on the throne, and he's bringing to pass his plan that he had planned before the foundation of this earth. And we are part of that plan, my brother and sister. Shalom, the Lord's servants. Amen. So, Amen, Arlie, Robert. Thank you, brother. Shalom. God is good. God, God is good. Amen. going to share, um, His words and His revelation, as Jesus said to me, walking in heaven, share with them my word, in my revelation. He says, I said yes, Lord. Amen. So that's exactly what we are going to share.
4: Love Talk Radio We're going to sing about the faithfulness of God Are you ready to sing with us? We're going to sing
0: about His faithfulness As such a faithful God I've
6: seen Him show up for me In unique ways You know, that's why I I'm quite reckless when I worship I can't do it anyhow, anyhow Anywhere belefish
2: Somebody say anywhere belefish are you ready to worship God with me like that? That is the kind of worship I want. To so put your head somebody.
3: Prophecy
6: too. Today the Lord speaks as follows. Listen carefully. A mystery yet to unfold, hidden in time, spoken in the council of wisdom. A fire by night, a cloud by day. The enemy at hand cannot touch. Praying in fear, crossing the breach very near. Untold sorrows now to appear. The Lamb was slain, the house in fear. Jump and shout, I come near, says the Lord. Days of darkness, says the Lord. Bow your head in silence, says the Lord. Noon is the time darkness pervades. It settles at three. Three moons shall pass and light shall reveal my hand, says the Lord. The chariots in the sky reveal my hand. Three more moons shall pass and reveal those that stand. The Lord says, is it not a small thing for my hand to cover the sun? As the light of the sun begins to fade, I see three cycles of the moon, but no sun. I am seeing three hours of darkness in a month march fixed time of the moon seventh day following says the lord darkness 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 next the lord said to moses stretch out the hand into the heaven and let darkness come upon the land of egypt a tangible darkness and moses stretched out the hand unto the heavens And there was darkness and dimness and a storm upon the land of Egypt for three days. Not anyone did know his brother nor rise up from his bed for that three days. But to all the sons of Israel, there was light in all places in which they occupied. Now, here is what I want to say about this. There are two different darknesses spoken about upon Egypt, a skodos and a gnofos. There are two different kinds of darknesses taking place here in the scripture. One is the absence of light, while the other is the presence of evil. Let's listen to the following. I am seeing March is a significant month. March, March, March. I am seeing the month of March as significant in God's timeline. I am seeing March as a time of sorrow, a harbinger of things to come, says the Lord. Judgment starts, calamity coming. Behold the beginning of the end. Is the sun not shining? Very, very soon. I see the sun coming up, but I don't see it setting as usual. And the Lord says the sun shall be darkened and it's going forth i see the sun hidden behind something see how i hide the sun says the lord i am seeing that there is no sun it seems to be like going dark or being covered by darkness or something i see it might be hidden behind something the beginning of the end i see fireballs falling i look higher and these things are coming from the sky. As I continue to look more closely at this phenomenon, these things are coming out of the expanse above the sky. These might be falling stars. I'm looking at this picture. It must be nighttime or the sun is darkened somehow. It's very dark. I don't see the moonlight. I then look over the horizon up into the sky and I see stars begin falling or what could be characterized as shooting stars downward. First a few, then more. The scene abruptly ends. Behold the sun and moon as I take them away and hide them. Call your wise men and let them make known to you where I put them, says the Lord. The days of darkness, says the Lord. I'm looking at the sun in the expanse of the sky. It's a high noon position. Then it goes dark like it went behind something. It's hidden. The scene instantly changes. I see the moon at a high noon position. Then it disappears. Again, the scene changes. Then I see massive amounts of stars just falling everywhere. The entire heavens are filled with all these shooting stars raining downward. Then the vision ends. The Lord used many riddles and enigmas parables and dark sayings to warn of impending judgments. The Lord even responded with Shakespearean novelty narratives, like England's most famous poet, William Shakespeare, to capture the attention of the Epicureans and Stoic philosophers who possessed the esoteric religious and philosophical knowledge. I mean the debaters of this age. Today, the Lord would have me quote Shakespeare, beware the Ides of March. Let me repeat, beware the Ides of March. The trees went forth arrayed for battle. Clouds of thunderstorms stood above. The weather changed and lightning prevailed and the trees ran for cover. Behold, the sky opened up, but what should appear but angels proclaiming, Jesus is here. The trees came forth, one by one, looking to the Father above. As the lights began to fade, the trees had no shade. Here they are, now in the dark. Who could tell? They had the mark. For now I say they had his name, how could they withstand the thundering rain? Teach me this riddle, and teach me to say, Jesus my Savior, I have his name. I close with the following. Here is a scarlet thread right here. Now, what I did, I went to the store and bought a couple of scarlet-colored T-shirts, cut them, and tied them together, much like the sheets of Rahab that she tied together to let the two spies down over the wall. Put the scarlet thread in the window, for I delay no longer, says the Lord. Thus it shall be for your safety. Justice prevails. The decree is settled. Disgrace shall prevail. Lights go dim soon. Put the scarlet thread in the window, says the Lord. The cruise of oil was in my house. The name of my God was written upon the lintel above the doorway. The scarlet thread was placed in the window. Grace was my portion. Mercy girded my loin, and I have triumphed along the way. Daily I sought the Lord, and he was found by me.
3: Time pretty much is up. Um, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You must be born again to enter into the kingdom.
5: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise you, mighty Lord, mighty God, mighty Jesus. Thank you, mighty Lord. Hallelujah. We are grateful for the opportunity to be able to come and share God's word with God's people. Amen. Thank you, Lord, obeying the voice of the Lord who told us to do so. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. So, shalom, shalom, my brother and my sister. Welcome to the Lord's Hour. This is your host, in Christ, Brother Elvis, the Thank you, Lord. Hope everyone can hear me fine tonight. Thank you, Lord. Before we go on the revelation, sharing what God has revealed to us and the things to come, soon to come, hallelujah, time has practically ran out. Thank you, Lord. So, this is why I ask if you can hear me, just to make sure, hallelujah, before we begin to share the revelation, everyone is hearing, is recorded. Thank you very much. Amen. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. Shalom, Robert. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise to God. We want to make sure that everything gets recorded in the days to come. Because we are witnesses, the Lord has said to us. Amen. He told his disciple, we are his disciple. Ye are my witnesses. So as a witness of the Lord, as it is in the court, as it is in the court system, they record the audio and video at every proceeding, every case gets recorded as an evidence. And it gets stored as an evidence. So everything that you and I do has to be recorded. And it, it needs to be stored as an evidence It's on Block Talk radio on the archive you can go ahead and download it praise you Lord thank you Jesus the Lord show me my message are being recorded in heaven also I remember I was taken to heaven they, they they play my audio most all of them that I have recorded for years back will be in all recorded in heaven and the Lord confirmed to me yesterday I believe it was that my audio is still being recorded in heaven as all this evidence, all the message that we are preaching are being recorded in heaven. Amen. So, because we have witnesses in, in these cases that we are presenting this revelation that are coming from God, from the throne of God. And, and we're testifying of what God is revealing to us and showing us, my brother and sister, hallelujah. So it must be done as God wants us to be done. We'll be in obedience and coming on and sharing what he's showing us. Thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. We want to make sure it's all, hallelujah, uh, being uh, recorded on the archive. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. What a good God we serve. Thank you, Jesus. Before we go into the revelation, we're going to go ahead and go into the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Jehoshua. Amen. I will start, hallelujah, in Luke. Or let me start in Genesis, start in Genesis better. Genesis 18:23 to 33. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. Abraham approached the Lord and said, Will you really sweep away the righteous, those who do right, with the wicked, those who do evil? So suppose there are 50 Righteous people within the city, where you really sweep away and not spare for the sake of the 50 righteous who are in it, far be from you to do such a thing, to strike the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you. Show not the judge of all the earth do right by executing just and righteous judgment. So the Lord said, if I find within the city of Sodom 50 righteous people, then I will spare the entire place for their sake. Abraham answered, "Behold, now behold, who am I but dust and ashes and have decided to speak to the Lord? If five of the 50 righteous are lacking, will you destroy it? the entire city for the lack of the five. And he said, if I find at least 45 righteous people there, I will not destroy it. Abraham spoke unto him yet again. Remember that Abraham here in the in this story, in this uh, parable, no not parable, story, revelation, that God is given to us, In regard to the prayer of Abraham to God, in regard to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham is interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah, my brother insisted, but not just for the city, also for Lot, the righteous. Hallelujah. So his nephew. So it's important that we understand the conversation here that is going about. Because as I was speaking to the Lord last night, Hallelujah! About all this mixing blood of angel, human, and all these things that are going on. Hallelujah! I was saying to the Lord, the percentage of human among all this mixing blood is so little, Lord. Is about ten percent, and Lord, is what came to my spirit, and the Lord responded to me with this story, of Abraham. How far did Abraham took the people of Sodom and Gomorrah in prayer before the Lord? And that's what gave me the understanding that I did not know that this story is so prophetic. Remember that the Word of God is prophetic, present, past, and future, and that God can speak to us in the future, in the past, and the present, if the Word is prophetic, the meaning hallelujah, can mean so much to us. God can speak to us in such a way with it. And this is what the Lord used to speak to me, to help me understand that the same thing that would happen in Sodom and Gomorrah, back like in the days of Noah, is happening today. And they're praying down from 50 to 10%. From 50 to 10, it, it is today the same what the law is indicating to me. You know, we have 8 billion people. And that significance of 8 is so important. Because 7 means fulfillment. But 8 means eternity. From the Hebrew Bible, according to the rabbi. 8 means eternity. What does that mean to us in the last days? That we are being put in position to, ch- to choose our eternity where God or without God in the lake of fire. And that somehow God knew in his full mind, in his, in, his, in his wisdom, he knew that when humanity will come to a billion people, that's when God will decide to bring the end. Because A means eternity. It is choosing an eternity with Christ, with God, or an eternity without God in Christ, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Seven means fulfilling. That's why you get seven uh, uh, seven years of great tribulation, where God fulfilled his time, the day of the Lord, is fulfilled completely to bring the end after all the wicked are being exposed. The great tribulation is a time of seven years where all wicked are being exposed on the earth. And those that the people today have trust in, and the great civilization will get exposed as liar, deceiver, Maple insisted, wicked, evil things. The great civilization, they will see who Barack Obama is, the Antichrist, one of them, okay, who Emmanuel Macron is, my insisted, the second beast, an example. They will be exposed to a fallen angel with wings. Obama will be with wins on CNN during the great revelation post. and this dear sister shared this revelation i i share about 6 years ago the lord has given me the revelation even before i share the sister of a prophet of the lord heard it heard someone mention elvis Zapata and one of her her she she goes she she does bible study across America. she's well known And she heard about my Bible study. And hallelujah, she heard what I said about Barack Obama. But she couldn't believe what I was saying. She couldn't determine whether I was being racist, whether I was just picking on one person when they already had so many other presidents, and what made me think that he will be the one. But when when I said that it was the Lord Jesus who revealed him to me, that meant something different to her than to a lot of people. A lot of people question whether what I'm saying is true, whether he, he is or he is not. And their question is not really based on faith and in the word. They need, to, they need to go to the Lord. They need to fast. They need to pray. They need to seek the Lord in regard to this. Because it comes from the Lord. But it takes praying, and fasting, and seeking the Lord to get the confirmation, the revelation. My brother and sister. So she went and prayed and fasting with the Lord. She committed herself in fasting. She committed herself in prayer. She was not going to listen to me anymore, the Lord's hour, until she'll get from the Lord an answer. And this is how the Lord answered her. The look, after three or four days of fasting and prayer, the Lord took her in the spirit into the Great Tribulation. She saw herself in her house in the Great Tribulation watching television in a big screen television. And in that big screen television she was watching, Obama was on CNN. In other time, boom, he exposed himself as a fallen angel. She saw him and everyone on television. So this fallen, tall angel with wings, and now he could not hide himself. He was he was thinking for a second, oh, I better hide myself on the camera. But he could not anymore. And then he said, forget about it. This is who I am. This is really who I am, he says to the people. People in the studio, people on television could not believe that he was an angel with wings, very evil, very wicked, as a son of the devil, finally being exposed after many years being behind the White House, being behind Biden's, even behind Donald Trump, after he was in office for eight years. People cannot believe they've been deceived for so many years. Their hearts were broken. You can hear, she can hear people complaining and saying, how did he deceive us for this long? And that's how Jesus began Matthew 24. When the disciple asked the Lord about signs at the end, Jesus says to them in Matthew 24, let me take you there, because tonight this is a Bible study. Thank you, Lord. And the, we, we, better off, we better off always understanding what Jesus said. My brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, because He's always right. He's at the right hand of Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When He is he, when He's in the Mount of Olives, verse three, he's, He He sat upon the Mount of Olives, and His disciple came unto Him privately, saying, "Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the signs of Thy coming." and in the end of the world. You notice that the questions are very specific. This is what each Christian, each believer, need to understand. The questions that are being asked of Jesus here are very specific. Tell us, when shall these things be One. What shall be the sign of thy coming? and of the end of the world through King James Bible. Three questions that every Christian, every believer should know by now as they read their Bible, as they seek to understand. Everything we've been teaching for all this year has been based on the three questions that the disciples had as Jesus. My brother and sister. And it's important now, that you listen and understand in regard to the three questions that the disciple asked Jesus, what Jesus answered back to them, my brother and sister. Verse 4, Jesus answered and said unto them, Take he that no man deceive you. Okay? Because the Antichrist is a man. It's a devil in the flesh of a human man. Okay? And to understand how he came about, it takes a lot of hours of explanation. It takes a lot of explanation. How the devil was with a woman, had a child. It has to be a human woman because he needed a body. And that child came to be about, my brother and sister. The explanation is longer than this, but this is a basic explanation, my brother and sister. Amen? Because he wanted his son to be the leader, like Father wanted Jesus to be the leader, and he became the leader. He became the commander-in-chief of the most powerful nation. Back in the 50s, the CIA said, if there be a man who's going to come up and control the world, He must be born on U.S. soil. And they made their report, and they made their their reunion, their agreement, and say, we don't care, they said, if it comes from God or the devil. If there be a man to be born to be in the Antichrist, the ruler of the world, he must be born on U.S. soil. My report came out years, years ago, a revelation of that. My brother insisted. And this is how all this came about. My brother insisted. The Bible says that the beast comes out of the sea. Notice how he is born in Hawaii. His birth certificate comes out of Hawaii. Donald Trump, as he ran for president, said that Obama will have to show him his birth certificate. A birth certificate was created in Hawaii, supposedly where he was born, where he grew up. It became who it was. The Bible says that the beast will come out of the sea. How wise it in the middle of the sea somewhere. My brother and sisters. The indication of who he is and much more, plainly. Plainly according to the Bible, much more there is to explain. I've been talking about this for well, well more than ten years now. And there's still so much information to speak about it. My brother and my sisters. But Jesus said to his disciples, he said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, because that the semen will come through a man. Shalom, Sister Luna, a man of sin, the Bible called him. My brother and sister, man of sin. Okay? John said, he came from among us. He was one of us. Hallelujah. The part of the deceiving is that he has to be born through a woman, must grow like any other man. But what makes him different than anybody else is who his father is. Shalom Sister. Who his father is. Okay, the earthly mother. She must have been a servant because he imitate God. Mary was a servant of God. She was chosen to be the mother of Jesus the devil chose one to be the mother of her son okay and there they had a son everything is imitating Christ the Antichrist thank you sister that's what that is about that's why the is the how specific he was to be born it is compared to Christ the devil doesn't imitate men. the devil imitates God my brother and sister because God is perfect God doesn't make mistakes. The devil imitates God who is perfect, How, who doesn't make mistakes. My brother, and my sister. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Since we're in a Bible study, I, I, I wanted to go over this and kind of just lightly. Verse 5. For many shall come in my name, saying I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now we're talking about false antichrist, which did going on for many years, for Antichrist is a is a direct deceiving of pretending to be in Christ. Very, very dangerous. What is the other thing that gets a lot of people confused, running from here to there? Verse six. And you shall hear our word and rumors of word. See that you be not trouble. Okay? For the things might come to pass, but the end is not yet. Rumors of Russia attacking America, China attacking America. All these rumors give people heart attack. The devil uses rumors to get people worried and concerned and lose their sleep. Got to be careful with that. Got to be very careful with that, my brother, my sister. Okay, back to Abraham. Verse 29 of Genesis 18. Abraham spoke to him again and said, Suppose 44, 40 are found there. And he said, I will not do it for the sake of the 40 who are righteous. Abraham said to him, oh, may the Lord not be angry. This is his five No, this is his uh, two more. Angry, and I will speak Suppose there are 30 righteous that are found there. He said, I will not for the 30 there. He says, now behold, I have decided to speak to, to the Lord again. Suppose 20 righteous are found there, and the Lord said, I will not destroy it for the sake of the 20. Abraham said, may the Lord not be angry with me, because he's going back again, asking the question, less number, but asking the question. And each of these questions are very significant. My brother insisted, I will speak to you. this only once," he says to the Lord. Suppose there are 10 righteous are found there, and I say, I will not destroy it for the sake of the ten. As soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham, the Lord departed. departed. Abraham returned to his own place. Thank you, Lord. They, they, they went down to the tent. The Lord took me to the tent last night and explained to me what humanity is at 10%. My insisted, because I was meditating. It came to me last night that 10%. It's like the church is down to 10%, but to 10, there is 8 billion people, eight representing eternity, seven represent fulfillment. God fulfilled all his work at seven. But when you go to eight, it's eternity. God is having humanity. Choose their eternity with the Lord or choose their eternity in the lake of fire. This is what decisions are made now. Shalom, sister. The decisions are made now by every believer, by every human being. Whether you want to be with God for eternity or you want to be in the lake of fire burning for eternity. There is is no other way. Last year we came to that 8 billion people on the earth. But there's so much judgment, there's so much coming. Yesterday morning I was here in North Carolina and the days to come. The Yellowstone volcano, what I believe it was, had had exploded, but it had exploded with so much lava, my brother insisted, so much ashes, that even here in North Carolina, 2,500 miles away, we were com- the, our skies, our heavens were completely full of ashes, and it was coming down, my brother and sister, as the rain, because over the ashes, the rain mixed with the ashes was coming down over the land. And you could not even come out of your house. The contamination that the Lord was showing me and having me experience, he took me there. He took me there. There are cases where the Lord was showing me a vision, show me a dream, but there are cases where he has taken me there in person. He has taken me several times into the great tribulation in person, including heaven. In the millennium, in person he has taken me there, my brother my sister. How can I explain this? If, if I'm there and you come to my bed, you will not find my body. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. He had literally taken me to the different places where if you come to my house, come to my bed, you will not find me. I not you will not find my body. I'm there completely. I'm dealing in another time, in another place, with this different situation now. And I believe the Lord has done this with me to have me experience personally what our nation, our country, is going to experience very soon, my brother and my sister's, that when that Yellowstone volcano, Iraq, explodes, it's going to be such a, a powerful, I would say, weapon of the enemy, because I don't know how to describe it. I know volcanoes are, not, are formed naturally, but it's going to be so wicked and so evil. It's going to cause so much damage to, to our grass, to our street, to our earth, to the people, my brother insisted, as so much ashes coming down, hallelujah! I even looked up here online. What is what is, you know, what is the side effect of volcanic ashes? Ash, harsher of volcano's ash. Okay, and they call it particle and gases such as aerosol, or carry in volcanic ashes. Some of these carbon dioxide, sulfur, sulfur dioxide. Has a chloric accent? Has a claric. I'm going to put it in the chat room. Some of you can read it, I'm, I'll put the information. It, it's very harsh, it is very hazardous to 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 breathe ashes into your lung, into your body. So tonight, I'm going to advise people the best I can for you to buy filter for your uh, air air system in your house. Okay, and try to protect yourself the best you can. Order masks, my brother and sister, and 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 protect your face before you go, go outside when this happens, because it's gonna be so much ash coming down. There's gonna be so much contamination, and it's very hard for you to breathe this stuff, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. And I was looking at the side effect to see how much um, um how much it can done hallelujah it says unfortunately volcanic ash can be very easily transported around the earth system. The movement of volcanic ash depends on the eruption, the columns of the high ash particle size the amounts are ejected into the atmosphere, climatic condition wind directions and we know that uh there's been uh, different climate change <clears throat> excuse me in california and and it will end up going to the north from California to Maine, my Mapro insisted so the 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 that it can affect that it can affect us uh, here up here on north coming from the west from California of course it will Maro insisted this is going to be dangerous. This that the Lord was showing me yesterday last, Yesterday morning, this volcano eruption, explosion covering the whole country like with a, with a dark cloud in the days to come. It was, it was a very difficult life. You will not be able to get on your car and go to work because your, your car windshield is, is continuously being covered with the ashes. And your wipers, you're going to have your wipers. This ashes is worse than rain. Especially mixed with rain, it makes the ashes heavy. I noticed how difficult it was to be outside. I went outside the house in the days to come. And, you know, you have to go outside and do different things. And I have to run back inside the house because it immediately covers your face. You know, you can put a hoodie on you. But this thing comes in the direction, the wind is bringing it in. God has been speaking about wind, strong wind coming upon the earth, especially now in this month to come. The wind is going to get stronger. The direction of the wind is going to change. Things are going to change very soon. March is the month that the Lord has said to his prophet, March is bringing a change to our nation, especially America. Shalom, my sister. So please understand that what God is showing us is soon to come. We cannot point to a day and not even a month. I'm going by March because the the prophet of the Lord is saying March, March. But I knew that what the Lord was showing me, he took me there, is very close. I could not point to one month of this year it will be. I could not even say it will be this year because in the spirit, Things happen so quickly, and I I didn't see no calendar. I didn't look at my watch to to see if it was 2024, so I cannot say, like the judgment the Lord said to me will come in this year, this year will not end until this happened, he said to me. So we know judgment is our, this year is appointed judgment from God, from the throne of God. So we know it's coming, my brother and sister but I, I was not thinking or planning or praying about this Yellowstone volcano uh, in Russia, my brother and sister, okay? This is another thing. I, w- I put on the news this morning. I like to watch pro- prophecy from bro- different brothers and sisters. and The news came on by coincidence, I would say, and, and there was wind like in Oklahoma and different places, strong wind, Minnesota, 40 mile wind like Sister uh, Wendy is saying. It is really temperatures are changing and the news was reporting there has been going on constantly. The change of wind, the direction, strong wind are being reported. And this is strange to a lot of people. They've never seen that before. It's happening around the country, my brother and sister. March is just around the corner with holy days for March. The prophecy that March wind direction is going to change. Things are going to give a strong wind, will be normal. I had a dream, even years ago, that when this time comes, we will have daily, basically, strong wind. The other day, not long ago, I had a revelation. I was in the spirit of days to come. I don't know how many days. I don't know if it was this year specifically. But the wind was, was up to 150 strong wind in the summer up here in the mountain, which we do get 80, but that's when hurricanes are going somewhere up in the sea. But it was 150 miles an hour wind. You had to hold on to a post. You had to stay indoors. It was really difficult, my brothers and sisters, to, to live under this condition. I could see that people they didn't want to come out of the house. And I could see some people, I saw women try to come out with an umbrella outside her house. Boom, the umbrella was immediately like right taken out of her hand. The wind, yeah, boom, tuck it. And she's screaming, hold on to a signpost right away. Nothing she could do. My brother insisted. Okay, things are going to start getting out of control. And it's because we are in the last of the last days. I don't know how much we're going to accomplish. We know that, yes, God is in control. God is in the throne. But God said in his word that these things will come, my brother insisted. He said to us before, hallelujah, that they will come, my brother insisted. And and the time, this is another sign Verse 9 of Matthew 24, They shall deliver you unto be afflicted and shall be killed, and you shall be hated of all the nations for my name's sake. Persecution. This is persecution. This is another sign that the Lord has been speaking even to the sister Celeste. That persecution is coming on America. America, since it has been founded as a nation, had no persecution to the Christian. Although many have been thrown in jail and have not seen the day out. But persecution publicly where well, you can see it everywhere, that's another sign that the Lord said it will be. My brother insisted. To the point that they will kill you. Not everyone that is a believer will be killed. Some will be thrown in female cancer in jail, we've seen that. But there are some that are going to be killed. My brother insisted. Amen. So all these signs, Hallelujah, are coming. They're coming, they're coming. They're coming. Now, verse 7, so nation shall rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom, there shall be famine, pestilence, earthquakes in divided right places. Notice that verse 7 indicates earthquakes. Okay? What is a tsunami? A tsunami is a seed earthquake. That's what it is. So when the Lord says earthquakes in very pla- diverse places, that means earthquakes in the sea and earthquakes in the land, in the country. So when you get an earthquake in the sea, the development is a tsunami. That's what it is. So we're getting a tsunami coming, like the one the Lord showed me this year coming into the land, okay? The eastern part of the United States, okay? That's, that tsunami was made by an earthquake. And I didn't know that the earthquake in California... Like the Lord had prophesied years ago. We're talking about prophecy back in the fifty. I'm sorry I was not around in the fifty. I was born in seventy two. So it was like almost twenty years before I was born that these prophecy were made. But I learned I love to learn from the from the 1700s. from the early nineteen hundred, eighteen hundred, and seventeen hundred. I I've been given the blessing of the Lord to be taken back to uh seventeen thirty five, I believe it was thirty seven around there. He took me there. I was there again, my brother and my sister. And I tell you, what a blessing it is when the Lord just pulls and takes you. Hallelujah. And you disappear out of your bed and you find yourself, hallelujah, two, three hundred years back, or in the future, in the millennium, what a blessing that is. I thank the Lord for giving me that blessing. He took me back to even Abraham Lincoln back in the 1700. I shook the hand of Abraham Lincoln. I believe 1800 he was born. Early 1800 or late 1700. I, I can I will have to look it up. But I shook his hand. He looked at me and we shook the hand. My brothers and sisters. It was such a blessing. But the revival prophesied in 1735 when the Lord took me in person. I saw the Christian. I met the Christian there where God was prophesying through them that a nation will be born talking about America, that it will be the most powerful nation and that God will use it to promote his gospel. It will promote his gospel, my brother and sister. And hearing that prophecy, I rejoice with those that were rejoicing because you had other people from other nations coming into this land, people that did not have nations. You know that the Europeans were controlling these people. They were being persecuted. They were practically enslaved to them. And, and when God promised them a nation, they rejoiced. They were looking forward to having a nation. But it was God was promising other nation that will have that will be free, that will bring freedom, that will not be under the power of any nation as they was, my brother and sister. And if they are watching here in the prophet, seeing the first American, the people that came to this land, looking to have a country, a nation. People that were praying, fasting, seeking God, to wanting to have a nation, which later on came to be the United States of America, to them this this was the greater victory. There were many of them that passed away, and sure, they never saw the prophecy come to pass. But those that remain and saw it, because it, 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 it just incredible, my brothers and sisters. But you can watch it from heaven. Whatever God promised, you'll see it, and you'll rejoice because God is faithful. He fulfilled his promise, my brother insisted. But now that they see the turn that America had turned against the Lord, where the Lord took me in the spirit and showed me America slapping him in the face, how could America have turned this way, my brother insisted. But that's really the reality uh, when people forsaken God, my brother insisted. Amen. So when Jesus said, hallelujah, that Nation to right against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. He knew beforehand that even though he will bless this nation and many ones, they will turn against him at the end. Because if Christ, if Jesus is not your first love, you will turn against him. Because you cannot search your master. And this is why we tell you to pray, to fast, to commit your life to him. Because if you don't do so, Whatever else you follow, you will commit to that, and you will love that, and you will forsake the Lord. Because when the Lord said you, can, you, will, you cannot serve your master, your heart cannot be divided. Inside your heart, you've been given the ability from God to love. And if you love Jesus with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength and all your power, you'll give yourself completely to him. But if Jesus is not your first love, Whatever else you love out of this world, this world, who is up to, for judgment, you will love this world. And when destruction come upon this world, it will come upon your life. So you need to forsake in this world and say, forget about this world. I just want to love Jesus. I just want to serve him. I just want to do his well. And when you commit your heart to the Lord, when you commit your life, your soul, your spirit, your mind to the Lord, You will find yourself more in love with him, not caring about anything else. But if you care about anything else besides the Lord more than the Lord, you find yourself loving that and the Lord being a bother to you. Why is it that for many Americans today, Christianity is a bother? And they're beginning to hate Christianity, hate the Bible. Why is it that they they were Christian years ago? They will sing to the Lord a new song. Now they hate the Lord. They hate the gospel. They hate the Christians. They hate the church. Oh, don't talk to me about the church, they say. How is it? Because that is the foundation of the love. They're in love with this world. They're in love with money. They're in love with fame. They're in love with riches. That's what their heart has been led to. Because the Lord has not been the first love in their heart. And when the Lord speaks to the church in, in the book of Revelation is, see from where you have fallen, because you have forsaken your first love. And that's what many has done, my brothers and sisters. They have forsaken the, the love. And because America has taken the position of Babylon the Great, America now is putting everyone in this nation and around the world in the biggest dangerous ever because whoever is in love with babylon will be destroyed with babylon my brother sister babylon the great will not be spared one thing i was meditating about babylon which i want to take you there a minute thank you lord thank you jesus in revelation 18 hallelujah thank you lord praise you god Thank you, Lord. It says, Reward her, even as she has rewarded you, and unto her double according to her works, and the cup which she hath filled, fill, her, fill it to her double. You know what that means? My brother and sister, you know what does it mean to give the, the double Babylonians? That is... Destruction. Hallelujah. She is drinking the cup of the blood of innocent babies. That's what is in the cup. The blood of innocent babies. She had killed in order to be Babylon. Because remember who she's serving. Remember what her foundation is, God say, See, God tells us what is the foundation of Babylon. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And in order to understand more why is she the way she is, you go back to verse 2. This is what Ai had brought to Babylon. Ai, or general Ai. And he cried with a mighty strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen. It's falling. We know that. It's already fallen. Anyone in sin is fallen. And it become what she has become, Babylon sister. She has become the habitation of AI. That's what it's called today, AI. But what, what does God call AI? What does God call general AI? Notice, she has become the, the, the habitation of AI. It's what it's called on the news. Oh, AI of Google. AI of Microsoft. The AI of Apple. And, you know, gp 3. And they have all these different names. You know what God calls them? Devils. That's what the Lord calls them. Remember when the Lord said, don't call them extraterrestrial. Call them devil, is the Lord says to me. Jesus said that to me. And he kept repeating that to me because every time he was showing me these extraterrestrial ships and, and, and seeing the extraterrestrial, and I said, Lord, when I, when I will say extraterrestrial, Jesus will correct me again. No, my sons. Devils. Demons. Devils. He kept saying to me. Okay? So, they, she had become the habitation of AI, Chad GP3, bar, is another AI, but God calls them devil. She had become the habitation of devil. Because that's what the Lord took me in the Spirit into one of the stronger AI here in the United States. Company that had this AI, very famous, very known. And the Lord wanted to show me inside the AI, took me in there. And what was there speaking through the computer? A horrible demon, a devil, a horrible devil, very skillful, knowledgeable devil. I saw Siri, a devil. But it's called Siri. It's called Google. Hallelujah. They have these names, but God calls them devils. My brother insisted. We need to get on the same page with God so you don't fall into the lies, okay? So you don't fall into the lies. Google calls them Gemini, okay? God calls them devil. And the whole of every false spirit, okay, uh, what what are the what are these false spirits called? Okay, special agent, special soldier. Okay? Look what happened last week in Ukraine. Ukraine have hold in of the city. Forget the name of the city. I was thinking about the city. Ukraine had six hundred and fifty soldiers in that city. Secure. Donbass, I believe it was. And Russia sent a special soldier to, to get the city back. But here's the thing. These special soldiers had not been sent to Ukraine in over two years. But this time, Russia said, and it it's time we send them again. And when they were sent in there, these special soldiers cannot be killed with bullets. They immediately went to overpower the Ukraine soldiers that were there. And let me tell you about the Ukraine soldiers. These were now people that were born in Ukraine. These were soldiers brought from, by NATO from Africa and different places to support Ukraine, those 650 soldiers, okay? Only a few of them were really from Ukraine. And when, when they started confronting these super soldiers Russia sent in there, and they were shooting at them, shooting at them, and their rifle, these are American rifles. These, these are very lethal weapons. And none of the bullets that were hitting the soldiers could knock them down. And when they overpowered them quickly, they killed over 400 soldiers of the Ukrainian, of the people that were there. The other 200 ran, got into the building, ran out of there. And Russia will take over that city. My brothers and sisters. Now, remember the prophecy the Lord has said about Ukraine in 2017 to this dear sister. The Lord says to her, my daughter. There's coming a war with Ukraine. Russia will invade Ukraine and eventually will take Ukraine over. But they will do it slowly because the purpose of the, of the, of the war in Ukraine is to bankrupt NATO and bankrupt the United States. Listen careful, because this is happening today on the media, Biden asking for more money for Ukraine. And Congress I not wanting to give a penny more because it's leaving our nation bankrupt. It's leaving NATO bankrupt. Okay? That is the prophecy from 2017. The Lord coming to the sisters and says, My daughter, tell my people what is to come. The war in Ukraine is coming, the Lord says to her. And the purpose of this war in Ukraine will be to bankrupt NATO and bankrupt your nation. Your powerful nation, the United States, the Lord says to her. So whatever going on in NATO, in Ukraine, it is only it is only to bankrupt this nation. How come Russia has not taken over in Kiev with President Zelensky and his and his other mentor? How come they haven't taken over yet? President Putin is living him alive with a few men, and having United States and NATO bring in there everything, money, weapons. Right after the super you took out those men, they brought from NATO special like laser weapon to see if they can kill them. My brother insisted. It is all planned. It is all planned. That's why Jesus said to his disciple in Matthew 24, they want to know about the sign of the end. They want to know about the sign of the end. And Jesus took a pause. It's like taking a pause. Hold on. I know what you're asking me. The Lord is the greatest teacher. He understands all. He knows all. But at this very moment, we see Jesus taking like a pause. Hold on a second. There's something they don't understand that I need to explain to them. And this is what he says in verse 4. Jesus said unto them, Take he that not man deceive you. Because in the last day, the devil and all his fallen angels, the Nephilim, their plan is to use men to deceive humanity. And they're getting away with a lot. Especially people that don't know this verse of Jesus. Don't understand why did Jesus pause to tell them not to be in the thief. Then he followed to explain to them, hallelujah, praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. The signs of the end that they were asking him. They they will come first and and many will say, I'm in Christ. Many shall come in my name, say, I'm in Christ, and shall deceive many. But then he said, you shall hear what is on the news today. All you hear on the news today was happening in the Middle East with Iran. Iran supporting these proxy that are attacking this vessel. And word and rumors of words that you hear. Now they're getting ready for the great war with Iran. That, you can be sure that's going to start any day in the United States. But that's going to be the last nail on the coffin of this nation. The last nail on the coffin of this nation will be through Iran. Remember that I told you this. When I began to teach about Iran over four years ago, they told, people in the United States told me, I don't know why do you keep teaching about Iran. Why? And the Lord kept leading me that way, to teach about Iran, my brother and sister, okay? Because they will be the, the country that will put the last nail on the coffin of America, my brother and sister. It will be the nation that China and Russia, India, and many countries will use and support 100%. Do you notice what happened last year with Iran? Iran was not yet a member, a full member of China, Russia, and them, of their market, my brother and insisted. He was not a full member. And they went and quickly made their meetings, pushed their meeting quickly to make sure Iran became a full member, my brother and sister, of their market, in order that Iran will have all of their support, China and Russia and them, all of their support in Brazil, that if America would attack Iran and Israel, Iran will have plenty of weapons, soldiers, and people to defend themselves. And now Iran has everything they need to defend themselves, militarily with information and AI and so much they have it all. Obama made sure before he left office, Iran had all those are his brothers. He is a Hamadi. Obama is the Hamadi. The Lord took me there two weeks ago. He was standing there with all the generals of the Arab nations. Obama was speaking to them giving him a speech. And he says, I promise you complete victory against your enemy. But who was the enemy of Iran? Israel, United States, and NATO countries. Those are Iran's enemy. My brother insisted, the Mahdi promised Iran leaders and all the leaders of the Arab nations. A complete victory, according to his promise of word to them. And a speech to them, complete victory. He says that he was there. He says, I am here. I am here to promise you a complete victory. I will deliver you a complete victory, the Mahdi was saying, who we call the Antichrist in our Bible. The men of sin, the men of perdition. Hallelujah. He will promise them a complete victory, and the Lord have me hear the speech, hear him speaking, and identify his voice. He was in our country for eight years as a president, was behind Donald Trump and is behind behind Biden's, controlling everything that moves in our country. He is controlling the legal system against Trump, my brother and sisters he all The Supreme Court, my brother and sister, all the Supreme Court are controlled by him. All in office, judges are controlled by him, my brother and sister. They all do what he say. If he says jump, they jump, because he promised them so much money and delivered them so much money that they know that whatever they ask of him, he gives it to them, my brother and sister. He delivers them the billions and trillions. Hallelujah. Someone says, um, did anyone know who is BlackRock? BlackRock is a trillionaire company in the United States. And what do they make? BlackRock is like his right-hand company, one of his companies, that he used to manipulate billions and trillions through it. And the question is, what do they make? What does BlackRock make? Do they make any product? Do they produce anything that to feed the people in the land? They don't make nothing. Yet they control this country in the world. Money, my brother insisted. Black rock. That's his rock. That black rock is the Antichrist rock, the Mahdi. Look him up on Google. Search it. Learn so you can see, my brother and sister, the manipulation in our system going on in the last days. My brother and sister is terrible. So it says to give her double. Give her double. Reward her as she has rewarded you. And to her double according to her works. And the cup she has filled. Hallelujah. She will be rewarded. This nation will be rewarded. Twice as she has given her enemy. Mabel insisted, and much more. Even the church, the persecution, the killing, she was rewarded the devil. And God says to his to his military angels to give a devil, including the church that will come down and fight with the Lord. Give a devil, reward him, unto her devil according to her work. My brother insisted. Can you imagine devil according to her work? That is lake of fire. Hell is not enough. The lake of fire will be enough for her. All that, Peter said, the element will melt with the fire. That's what she's getting in the last days. I was taken last week to New York in the spirit. And right where it is, 42nd Street, where they celebrate the new year, a nuclear weapon was dropped there. It was just a black hole of hundreds of miles across. Baphrodite's history. Anti-hole, not a single building standing. Just a black hole. It was a scene to cry about. Cry about it because then you wonder what happened to the people in New York. Completely gone. And then I saw a missile coming out of Cuba, giving like the final touch to the continuously just coming in, coming in. I saw a family member of mine, of mine who the Lord had shown me before, he was staying in the Great revelation. And I said, What happened here? And he says, He knows I'm a preacher. He said, You knew this will they will be happening, Elvie. He was standing in the ERC, looking to New York, my brother and sister. Everyone who was still alive, Times Square, was still was looking, were remembering who New York was. Just as the book of Revelation says, my brother and sister, hallelujah. Just as Revelation says, Hallelujah! And they cry, Revelation eighteen eighteen, and they cry when they saw the smoke of her burning. Zion, what city is like unto this great city? Oh my Lord, the Lord showed me exactly this verse. He took me to see Times Square, from the Jersey view, because Times Square was no more. The nuclear weapon that had hit Times Square must have been a mega ton. Russia has been able to put together in one single missile, 250 nuclear weapons. When back in the 60s and 70s, they talk about a nuclear weapon that one can be put in a missile. And that warhead could take our city. Russia has been able to... For two hundred and fifty of them, I imagine that one of these hit New York, and New York was no more. And people were crying. I saw people standing, crying, crying, tear coming down their eyes, as everyone looked to New York City, as the Bible said they, and they cried when they saw the smoke of her burning. Smoke was the only thing coming up, saying, "What city?" Was like unto this great city? Exactly. They will say about New York. They will say about San Francisco. They will say about Chicago. They will say about Vegas. My brother and sister. They will say about all these major cities across this nation. What city was like unto this city? My brother and sister. There is no escape by Christ, by Jesus. Run to him. Run to him in prayer tonight. Run to him in this moment. If you find yourself in sin, get on your knees and cry out to him. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm so sorry that I've been so hard of heart to repent, to seek you, Lord, to commit my life to you. Lord Jesus, I am so sorry. Help me, Lord, to overcome the desire of my flesh in this world, Lord, in anything that this world has to offer me. I am so sorry, Jesus. Please forgive me, Lord. And help me to walk with you. Help me to humble myself before you and serve you. In your name, Jesus, I ask, Lord. Help me, Lord. Without you, there's nothing I can do, Lord. Cry out to Jesus. Cry out to the Lord because days of suffering, days of crying are coming. And they are around the corner. God said to some of the prophet, march. March. March, they're saying. My brother insisted, "Great judgment is around the corner." Hallelujah! And they cast down on out of their head and cry, on their head and cry, whipping, wailing, say, "Alas, alas, the great city!" <coughs> there ain't all that has ships. See, the navy in New York City is, is beautiful. The ships goes around New York City are beautiful. And all that her chips in the sea were made rich by the reason of her extravagance. For in one hour, she was made desolated. My brother and sister, whatever weapon is launched over New York, in a single hour, she is desolated. My brother and sister, completely abolished, completely destroyed in a single hour. Not the will of God for anyone to perish. There are a lot of people wasting time instead of being repenting. My brother and sister, it's close. It's close. I believe by next year, if we're still here, we'll look back to this year and say, wow, wow, Lord. Some that did not listen, that are not listening will say, I should have listened, Lord. I should have prepared, Lord. Hallelujah. There's nothing worse to see millions of people staying behind the Great Tribulation, regretting every second for staying behind. There was time that the Lord took me and my body into the Great Tribulation, that I was suffering with the people running and hiding, that I was wondering about my own salvation. And when the Lord brought me back, then I remember, wait a minute, he took me there to experience what was happening. So I can come here and tell my brothers and sisters. The Lord has to comfort me. I have to cry back to the Lord. Lord, help me. Lord, comfort me. Lord, this is hurt. This is difficult, Lord. Help me, Lord. I have to. Because I experience the pain of others, people. That's why I don't really like to go to hell. To see anything. Because the pain and suffering of what people are going through, especially people that are hurting me in the Lord's Tower. Not to take the Baixin and when and took it. They are there now. And they regret their mistake. And when I speak to them, they know now not to justify themselves anymore. Some of them used to. My brother, just justify themselves. What's wrong? If the government made it, it should be good, they said. And once they took it, they got removed from the body. Now they realize I should have not taken it. Oh, wow. You know, like Job. He cursed the day in which he was born. And that, let it be darkened, he says. Curse the day. And I understand, Job. I really understand, Brother Joe. My brother insisted. Because that's what I see of people. Hallelujah. That's what I see of people suffering. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He says, hallelujah. Let the curse, that a curse of the day, already raised up the morning. Let the start of the twilight there be dark. Let it look like, in look for light, let it be none. Let it see the dawning of the day. Because it shut not the door of my mother's womb, nor hidden the, the sorrow from mine eyes. Hallelujah. He even said, why die I not from the womb? When you are in suffering, like Brother Joe finds himself here, he was in tremendous suffering. I asked the Lord, Lord, one day, what part in the Bible describes what I see people suffering in the great tribulation? What, what part in the Bible, Lord, can I use to preach, to teach the people of the suffering of the great tribulation. The Lord says, Job, what Job went through, it is similar or it's the same like they were going to go through. Why die, I not, why die I not from the wound? Why did I give up the ghost when I came out of the belly, he says. Why did the need precede me? Why did the breast that I should suck? For now should I have lain still and be quiet, and should I have not slept, that would have been a rest. I would have been arrested, he says, with king and counselor of the earth who built desolated place for themselves. And that's practically what it is. Anything being built that is not in Christ is desolated. It's good for nothing. If a palace is built for someone, of a hundred, four hundred, five hundred million dollar palace, and the person is not in Christ, all he's doing is wasting time and money. It is for nothing, because it will be destroyed. Especially in America, where princes had had got gold, who filled their house with silver, or as a hidden, ultimately bird, I would not have been as an infant who never saw the light. Look how he considered himself. And he uses the word abortion here. He would prefer to be an aborted baby. Abortion. My brother and sisters. They have the wicked seats for traveling. And then the wary be arrest. They are the prison rest together. They, they hear not the voice of the oppressor. The small and great are there, and servant is free from the master. Why is life given to him that is in mystery, and life unto the bitter soul? Seven years great tribulation of people that's gonna be in complete mystery is what is coming. And that's what Job is expressing here. Why is life given to them that are in mystery, and life to them that are bitter in soul? The same that had gone down through the basin and the same those staying in the great revelations. But where is the mercy of God in all this? That they cannot be killed. Death had no order of killing anyone, of destroying anyone's body. The sanctity of life in every soul, during those seven years, had they be kept alive. Death will elude them, get away from them. And they will be in tremendous suffering. But the, the, the mercy of God is what they will not will elude them. And they get to cry out to God. The Apostle Peter said this about what is coming. My brother insisted, let me, let me go to Peter, Act 2, and show you, hallelujah, how significant it is that when that time comes, and Peter is very specific, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. He says, I will show wonders in heaven and signs on the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapors of smoke. Blood and Vapors of smoke are a nuclear weapon going off. That's what vapors of smoke are. Nuclear weapon going down on the earth. Okay? Many of them. The sun should turn into darkness. The moon into blood. Before that great, great and notable day of the Lord. That's the end of the seven years Jesus returning. Before that day, there is blood and darkness on this earth every day of the, of the, of the year, of the month, of the week, of the day. My brother and sister, it's like you wake up in darkness. And you're looking for the light, like people have now. The sun rises, the sun sets. You're looking for the light. Now that is, the sun is in darkness. The moon is in blood. And it's. I believe the blood sign of the moon is a sign of the change. Because the moon does change the earth, my brother and sister. The change of the people turning into beasts, signified by the blood of the moon, during those seven years. Because I've seen that when, when, when the great tribulation begins, the change comes, and people begin to change into werewolves and beasts right away, my brother and sister. Not, a, not an hour less or more. That's why what happens from here to there, because we're in the last the last, is very significant and important. We need to follow the signs of the, of the moon. I was telling my son Joshua, I bring him every day at 6 o'clock, 6, 6.29, 6.30, to, to the bus. I, I get him up at 6 o'clock, have him wash his mouth, take a shower, get dressed and all that. I bring him to the bus. We walk together. I was telling him the moon this weekend came out full moon on Friday. Monday morning, the moon was still full, full moon. I was telling my son, I'm going to be 52 and 51. I never seen the moon three days straight. Four It usually goes it changes from four and, it's, and, it, and it'll get reduced right away. Not three days straight. I tell him, "This is prophetic, my son. What you see in the sky, Look at it. We, we looked at it Friday morning. We looked at it Monday morning, four for three days. And I said to my son, "This full moon you see is prophetic. This moon is significant. Because I never seen it this way in all my life. I always since I was little like to look to the moon. And this moon you see, my son, is prophetic. Very prophetic. The change that are happening now is indicated by that moon. That is their three days moon. I heard people saying this weeks before, two, three weeks before, there's a three day moon coming up. And I'm like, Okay. And There was three-day moons, my brother and sister. Thanks. I heard God, someone say that the Lord says to this person, the Lord says to this person, the next full moon coming to America, the red moon, the solar eclipse, will be the last America will see before the great tribulation, my brother and sister. So you can imagine, you can imagine the changes that are coming. If this word is true, I have not asked the Lord if it's true, but this person say it is. Thank you, Lord. It said, it should come to pass that whosoever shall call and the name of the Lord shall be saved. Seven years I seeing people turning into beasts. And the Apostle Paul, God said through him, Peter, I'm sorry, that whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be safe. This is the blessing of Father. Father confirmed this to me, that if anyone who will commit himself going into the great tribulation would decide to commit and seek him, he says to me, I will protect them. I will be with them. He says, I will protect them. To me, that was a falling off the chair when Father spoke this to me. If I was sitting, I think I would have fallen down from my chair. Because I didn't expect Father to say that to me. Father, Jehovah God Almighty said this to me. And he is so loving. He is so caring. That's why the Apostle John says that God is love. Because he truly, that's what he is. People are going into the worst of the worst. And he's saying that if they commit themselves to him, going into the great civilization, and, and, and cry out to him for help. Seek him for help. He will be there for them and protect them. Can you imagine that? This is the other thing he showed me. I saw this sister and her family stay behind in the great tribulation. I couldn't believe that the sister stayed behind. And they were calling up God, calling on the Lord, and God was protecting her there. She was singing worshiping song under the protection of God. But when God showed me that crater in New York, that black crater for the nuclear weapon destruction, Father says, I am not protecting you, America, anymore. I have rejected you. I heard the voice of Father say this. He is so loving. He is so caring. You don't want ever, Father, to say that to anyone. My brother and sister, you, his love is agape. It's the greatest love. You don't want him rejecting anyone. No, 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 no. He loves people so much that people come and repent, throw themselves underneath, and cry after him through Christ. There he is. I remember being on the throne, and, and and the Lord was showing me down the earth from from the throne of heaven. He could see everyone. A person was being led to Jesus, and and Jesus says, "Father, look." Another one just received me on the earth. Father God melted in love for that person. Immediately, it was like the only thing that mattered that moment was that soul being saved, that person coming to him. It's like nothing else was more important to him than that soul just received Jesus on the earth. It melted his heart for every soul that received his son. Jesus he has said it, it's the only Savior. That's why Jesus said that no man comes to the Father but by him. Because that's the way Father has said it. It was Father who told him to say that. Tell him, my son, that no one can come to me except through you, my son. Tell him that you are the way, you are the true, and you are the life. And that no man comes to me but through you. And that's what Jesus said. No man comes to him except through Jesus. Father said it this way. This 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 is this is His earth. This this is His creation. He created all things through Christ. Jesus said that everything He heard, He heard it from the Father, It which Father that told Him to say that. That's what people don't get. That the Almighty God told His Son to say these things to the people, my brother and sister, and that everything has been set this way. All we have to do is cry out to Him and say, "Help me." Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Father. Not long ago, I share, I was taken to the throne, not worthy, but by His grace, his blood is sufficient. And I saw myself walking to Father' right hand, and I grabbed my father's giant hand. My father sitting in his throne. I would say he's 30 feet or more. I don't know. He's up there in feet. He's huge. Father is huge. And Jesus was a few feet away. I went by Jesus. The Lord stopped me. I bowed my head. I kept walking to Father. The Lord allowed me. I seen Jesus allow me to go to Father. We come to the Father through him. And I keep walking to Father's Father sitting in his throne. And his giant hand. Like look into a building was coming down over his lap. And I went and hugged his hand, like hugging a a, 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 a giant hand. My brother insisted. And his love just poured. Clear, crystal love. That's why this is clear sea comes out of his throne. And I was surprised. I didn't know that in the millennium, We're going to experience the same crystal clear water come out of the throne of Jesus. As we read it in, hallelujah, in one of the prophets. Two of them, I believe. There's a stream, a stream, coming out of the throne of the Lord. A crystal clear water. That water gives life. Jesus gives life. The water coming from him to give us life. My brothers and sisters, I can't wait to go to Jerusalem in the millennium every day and drink a cup of that water, or maybe more. The doctor said we need eight ounces of water, right? I want to drink eight ounces of water out of the water coming out of the throne of Jesus every day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward for that eight ounces of water in the millennium every day. Thank you, Lord. And in the third heaven, I'm looking forward for that eight ounces of water. Coming out of Father Throne, thank you, Lord. Crystal clear water—you never see anything like this. Someone said that they had a blessing to drink a cup of that water, and when they, when she drank it, her sister, she says it's like nothing you ever drink in your life. There's nothing like you ever drank. It is beyond. It's, it's blessed. It just, it's just—it's undescribable. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Praise the Lord. He is good. Out of his goodness, he wants to give to us, my brother and sister. He's just asking us to call upon his name. Remember the cherry he allowed me to eat when my father, father, earthly father, who's in heaven, was supervising me. And he says that God told him that I could only eat one sherry. I used to love this sherry back in the island. Red, reddish pink. Reddish pink, beautiful. But in heaven, it was glowing. Even on the tree, it was glowing. And I just wanted to grab a whole handful of it and, and put it into my mouth. And they, they have a sea in the middle. Yes. But some that are delicious have no seed. So I wanted to eat this sherry. But more, my father said, no. I've only been allowed to allow you to eat one. I've been told that you can only eat one. And looking at my father, he was serious. He was not laughing at this moment. He just had given me a hug. He smiled at me in heaven. So happy to see my father again. But my father said that God... He, ha- he had instruction that I could only eat one sherry. And I'm looking at him like, are you serious? You know, I'm here here from the earth. We're so limited on the earth to get that, this, all that. Now I'm in heaven. I should be allowed to eat more than one. But I didn't understand. See, what it is with us, the understanding, the knowledge of things. That's why God said my people perish for lack of knowledge. It's a lack of knowledge that is killing humanity in this space. But instead of us asking the Lord, as I was asking him last night, we, we, we hurt our head thinking about things and meditating. And all we had to do is ask our rabbi, our Lord, our teacher, our master, Lord, and weigh on him. Fast and pray and ask him. He'll give it to us. Thank you, Lord. And when he handed me that sherry, when I took I took one and put it in my mouth and took a bite of it, it was like a nuclear weapon. Like I exploded to the heavens, my brother and sister. Literally, I mean, incredible power of God and glory. Sherry brought I exploded like multiple nuclear weapons up in the cloud and, and in the Wow! Wow! I have heard testimony of people eating a fruit in heaven. After they come from earth, all tired with no energy, and they take a bite out of it, and all of a sudden they got all kinds of energy that they can run all day long. My brother says that's how heaven is like. Everything in heaven blesses you. It just blesses your life. It empowers you from God because everything is empowered by God, and God has endless power. And when we down here who lack everything, because we lack everything down here, are able to eat something so glorious, we just want more, and we don't want it to stop. Thank you, Lord. I believe, because I was in a parking heaven one time, and I saw my children, Joseph and Emeril, and Genesis, my daughter. Emeril is about 22, 23 years old on earth now. She only looks like 19, 20 in heaven. My, my daughter, Genesis, he says're 18, 19 now also. They probably right now look about the same age. My son Joseph is the older one, 25, 24, almost 25, he will be on the Earth. and, and he's all get no more than 20. My brother and sister, he's tall, emeralds tall too. I'm six three, almost 6'4", like so they're up in the six feet tall. Genesis, my, my daughter, she's in five seven or five eight, I believe it is. She's a smaller one, the younger one. She was she went with the law in two, thousand and seven. Emira went with the law in two thousand and one. Faye went with the law in two thousand, my brother and sister. So those are my other children out of thirteen I have in heaven. My brother and sisters. They were eating in this park in heaven. I saw they have bread of angels, bread of, bread of heaven made by angels, cooked by angels. I knew this in heaven. In heaven, you just know. Information is just loaded into you, and you know. And they lay on the park, and they invited me to eat. They just invited me to come and eat bread with them. But I was not paying so much attention to the bread. I looked at the bread. They had it in a plate in heaven. looks looked like a silver plate. And they sat down. My daughter had long dress all the way practically to the ground. And she went and lay, put her drill over her knees, lay, lay, sat down. And, and my son, my other daughter, Genesis, and they began to break the bread and, and share with one another. I'm looking at them in the bread. I, I, it was like, Dad, are you going to eat? I, I, I was not thinking about eating bread in heaven. I should have. I should have. You know, these are little mistakes you make because you're caught up in the wonders of heaven, looking at my children, looking how they know me so much, and, and they want to spend time with me and talk with me and just sit there. They're so innocent, so pure. My brother and sister, not like children about their age, they're thinking about maybe marriage, going out with this guy, that guy, and not my children in heaven. They're so dedicated to the Lord, and my my daughter Emerald, she is so close to Jesus. The Lord has brought me to see her on different occasions. My brother and sister, she's so dedicated. She will help up in the in the in the in the in in the mansion that are being made for people that are coming up. She helps out, my brother and sister. She's very humble. She loves God. And she's about knowing more about God. Everyone has a desire in the Lord. My daughter Genesis is going to be a doctor in the Millennium. The Lord took me to a hospital in the Millennium. There she was. I went to see my daughter. I started to tell my daughter that I really didn't want her to come down to the Millennium because the Millennium is another test. And I don't want to lose my daughter, especially when I I haven't had the chance to spend a lot of time with her. I think there many years that I that I miss spending with her, that I want to come to heaven and spend it with them. Go fishing, go boat, go on the boat in the water, go boarding, go do different things. I'm looking forward to spending time with them. And I didn't really want my daughter, Genesis, to come down to the Millennium. But I guess she had asked the Lord that she wants to come to the Millennium. I tried to convince her that she would be better off in heaven. but she wants to come down and get married. And be a doctor and help out in the hospital. So I come, I come to the Millennium. She had the hospital, the doctor clothing, all that white clothing, all that clothing that they have in the hospital in the Millennium. And and so Tessa, Tessa's coat, she had it on her neck. And I walk up to her, and, and she's daddy, as she always called me, and gave me a hug. And in my mind, as I was coming to her, like let me see if I can convince my daughter to maybe ask the Lord she wants to return. But I can see in her that she, she, that's what she wants. That's what she wants. And and she doesn't want me to convince her to change because she wants to get married, getting her children, and be a doctor. That's what she wants. And God is is, is giving her this blessing. But to me, since I've been in the millennium and seen the end of the millennium. Seeing the devil at the end of the millennium being loose and deceiving the people and the multitude like the sand of the sea, as the Bible says, being deceived by him and following him. I saw that. I tried to hold people back, but no, no, get away. I said, how can you listen to him, John May? The Lord said he's the father of all lies. How can you listen to him? Oh, get away, Elvie. Push me to the side. I try to help people as much as I can, really. The devil is so wicked, so evil. And wants to destroy everyone. And I, I, we just want to help people, including family. I have begged my brother. I begged my brothers and sisters in the Nashville, New Jersey. My one, my sisters are RN. Don't take the by scene. They didn't listen to me when they took it. But the Lord took me to hell to see them. I spoke with them in hell. But And they spoke back to me. They know that the mistake they made. But I'm praying for their soul to be in faith. And I know that the doors to heaven will not hold back the church. My brothers and sisters, our prayer is precious to the Lord, as he says in the book of Revelations. Okay? And we need to continue to pray for them. Okay? This bottle is of the Lord. Word is of the Lord. The Lord will defeat all of our enemy. And we need to to. To pray for them nonstop. Don't cease to pray, as the apostle Paul said to the church. Pray without ceasing. Cease not to pray. You pray every day, whether you see your prayer being an answered or not. Continue to pray. Continue to intercede. Whether you—I f- was telling a brother whether I feel tired or not, whether I slept or not, I'm going to pray with the Lord overnight. It doesn't matter whether I sleep. It doesn't matter how tired I am or even how sick I am. I learned in the Lord that I need to pray. And pray, pray, pray without ceasing is what we must do. Because the Lord is going to answer us. And his timing is perfect. And the Lord assured me just a couple of nights ago, I'm going to answer your prayer. He hears our prayer, and we know that He hears us because we are under His blood. We are part of His body. We are His church, His beloved church. and He hears us, and He's going to answer you and I. If you give back your prayer life, it's like you're letting the enemy win. Do not stop praying. Whether you see the Lord answer you or not, just pray without ceasing, okay? Pray without it. Pray without it, without ceasing. It doesn't matter how you feel, sad, lonely, abandoned, forsaken, pray, pray, pray. How much hurt you feel, pray. Pray. How much you feel rejected by people? Pray. Pray. How broke you feel? Pray. How much money you have? Pray. Pray. Because the Lord honors things that honor Him, and He will not forsake in your prayer. He will answer you. That's why He says the golden rule is in Matthew seven. What is it? Ask. Ask and thou shalt receive. Seek! Seek! And thou shalt find. Knock! And it will be open. That's the golden rule. And if you can know that golden rule and apply it to your life every day, you seek the Lord. You pray and pray and pray. And the Lord is faithful. The Lord is not like men who forget about you, who say, I had enough with this person, who gets tired. The Lord is not like that. Jesus will never give up on you. You know why the Lord is heartbroken of people going to hell? You know why Jesus is heartbroken? Because he went to them, and to some of them, endless time, he went to them and spoke to them through the mother, the father, their uncle, whoever, to the prophet, to the servant, to the sister, to the brother, to the little one. I mean, he spoke. there's not a single person in hell that the Lord did not win to himself. Not a single person. And in a lot of them, multiple times, he went to them to seek him, to repent, to turn away from the wicked ways. And so when they rejected the Lord, you thought, okay, Lord, leave or leave or, Lord, look. They said to the Lord, I don't want to hear you. That's it. I'm tired of the gospel. I'm tired of the Bible. You think that, that those words, it was for the Lord to give up? No. The Lord just found another way to speak to the person to repent. Gave them a dream. Gave them a vision. And spoke to them. And spoke to them to repent. Until the hour and the time came. Came, which is coming to every single human being, that they needed to give an account to God. Where the one who has the key of hell, my brother and sister, Hallelujah! The key to hell, the devil doesn't have it. Jesus has it. Okay, he has to. When the time comes when someone dying, he had done everything to reach out to that person. And that person has rejected every single opportunity, thinking that the right one they are so wrong. Here's the problem. They are see the same right unto men. But these ways lead up to their proverbs. Says. They lead them to death. Hell. Hell. And imagine the Lord sending people to that person. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. The Lord speaking to this person. And third, I heard a testimony from the great brother in Puerto Rico. The Lord took him in the spirit. And the Lord wanted to show to him the opportunity he, give, he gives every single human being. This young man was in drugs. And he used to love racing in cars. He used to go smoking drugs and use whatever drug, and, and then get in his car and speed up at 100 miles an hour. And that day, he went, my brother and sister, and got in his car and went to this place, a plaza. I guess he had to go pick up a friend there so they can go and race. When he got there, the brother was following him in, the, in, in his car The brother was in the spirit seeing him. This guy was in the physical. When they got to the plaza, there was a preacher preaching the word of God. And the preacher was preaching to the multitude of people. There was a church there. There was a lot of people there. And the preacher turned to this young man. And he looked at this young man and said, Young man, today is the last opportunity that God has given you. God has knocked on your life, He come to you several times and spoken with you. But you have rejected the Lord. Today is your last chance. The brother said there was a demon on the left and the right telling this, this guy to his ears. Don't listen to him. He's crazy with his religion and all that. That's what the devil does. And he speaks to the person's ears Like it's the person thinking or imagining what they're thinking. When the demons are left, one on the left, one on the right saying this. Completely trying to convince this guy not to listen to the preacher. And again, and again, the preacher said, look, God wants you to give your life to him now. Because you are about to die. This is the last opportunity God says is given you to this young man, and the demon can speak into her ears. My brother insisted. He went. I guess his friend never came out. that He was waiting for. Got on his car to speed up over 100 miles. The demon were on the car. He was all dropped up, my brother and sister. He had drugged over his body like crazy, and started speeding and speeding and speeding. And the demon was still on the core with him. And he went and crushed against the pole and killed himself instantly. At that very moment when he killed himself, his soul stepped out of his body. The demon that was speaking to him grabbed him one by the right hand and the left hand and looked at him through his eyes and said, We have deceived you. And the young man said to the demon, let me go, let me go, let me go. Someone said the audio has stopped. Can someone else please check that the audio is still working? I'm in the last of the last. Let me go, they say. And they will not let him go. My brother and sister, hallelujah. The time is coming. The time is here. Give your life to Jesus. And don't let no demon tell you to your ears not to repent. Because the same demons that are convincing you to your ears will be the same demon dragging you to hell in which you cannot escape. My brother and sister. Hello
1: again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you're welcome. Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial and you're welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. The Master's Voice is a written blog resource that you can find at www.the-masters-voice.com. That's where the majority of the written prophecies can be found. The Master's Voice Prophecy Blog is also a visual and audio resource. Please look in the drop-down description menu underneath the video to get all the information that you need about where to follow the blog. You can follow the blog on social media. You can follow the blog here on YouTube. There's a Spanish language language channel. There's also alternate channels on Bitchute, Rumble, and Brighton, so you're welcome to follow along there. And I'm continuing with the second prophecy. I said that I had two prophecies to do that the Lord gave me back-to-back, February the 23rd and February the 24th and both these themes are not new the surprising thing about the holy spirit is that the lord is able to present the same information in different ways and that's because god's eye is inexhaustible god can see so many different angles of the same thing we are human we are the ones who are finite but nothing is ever commonplace with god and so i'm going back over old ground that i've covered in multiple prophecies and concerning topic of this one which is speaking about Kamala Harris there are for her alone there are 11 prophecies since November 2020 so I collected those prophecies and I'm going to read them at the end of this video so that you can at least know that there are 11 witnesses this is the 12th one that is solely dedicated to kamala harris and in particular stating that kamala harris is going to be the president of this country so you might hear it now and think oh but this is no new news we see that joe biden is falling to pieces but joe biden wasn't falling to pieces in november 2020 joe biden was looking the strongest that he'd ever looked in fact when that man was um, campaigning he had a youth and vigor to him that is now absolutely missing from any kind of public appearance that he's making but back then All the people who were rooting for joe biden he looked like a strong and a viable candidate to them and i guess to them and i guess that's why they voted for him but now that we are here now that several years have passed and certain things are now obvious this is when of course everybody is now saying yes i always will say this and i will maintain this for the integrity of the lord jesus christ first and then this blog second It's not prophecy if you're only saying it when it's it's happening. It's prophecy when you saw it before because the eye of the Lord highlighted it to you, showed it to you, shared it to you, and then you were faithful to follow through and come out and see it at the time that it didn't seem viable. So yes, Kamala Harris will be president of this country, but what is not known is that she will be a very harsh one Kamala Harris will be a very um, controlling and authoritarian president. She will be a very ham-fisted leader. And she's also going to be quite cunning and quite crafty. And towards the end of whatever term she's in, this woman will consolidate power almost exclusively to herself. And she will be extremely cruel. But I always ask the Lord... Father, is there anything you want me to say? Is there anything you want me to say before I start the message? And as soon as I was praying and I was asking the Lord this time, what he said is, tell them to brace for a hard impact. Tell them to brace for a hard impact. Tell them to prepare for a very hard impact that is coming soon. So the Lord has not given me any time, but the word soon is quite easy. You can Google and find out what it means. It means... Near to come, it means imminent in some cases, but soon means not as far off as you think and definitely not as far off as most people would like. God says that we should brace for a hard impact, and you've probably just watched the previous prophecy. Um, it's not a part one to this, these are standalone prophecies. But one thing I know about the Heavenly Father is that when He's bringing a topic and He keeps speaking on different dimensions of the same thing back to back, close to close close to one another like that, then God is definitely saying, Put your eye here, put your attention here, focus here because I'm saying something here that if you miss it, the price that you will pay later to get it will be so steep. So he said to tell them brace for a hard impact and that hard impact is coming soon and he said tell them to keep their eyes on me. Tell them to keep their eyes on me. The Lord says that there's going to be a lot of hardships up ahead. And he said, tell them that they are going to suffer losses, but to not grieve the losses and to not grieve the changes. Tell them to fix their eyes on me and to be very focused on me, and I will bring them through it. So that is the word I'm giving you before I read out this prophecy to you, a hard impact it means a jarring situation it means something or in a multitude of somethings or a whole string of events or it could just be one catastrophic event or one shock that is going to happen to us here in the united states and god says is going to be a hard impact on and it's going to be jarring and the remedy for that the antidote for that is not to say no it's not going to happen no i don't believe it the remedy for that is he said to keep the keep our eyes on him and that in itself is not as easy as it sounds we really need to be thoughtful we need to be more deliberate about the things that God says to us when God talks to us what do we hear do you just hear one or two sentences and It's like oh God says it's a hard impact but keep your eyes on him what is a hard impact have you ever seen a truck going into the side of a bridge have you ever seen a truck that was full of carrying goods losing control and skidding on ice and going into the side of a mountain. Have you ever looked at that? Have you ever covered your mouth in shock when two cars rammed into each other and you see people running there to see if they can save anybody and then all of a sudden people are running back because there's a terrible explosion? Do you apply your mind when you hear these things? Do you know what a hard impact is? It's something that can break bone. It's jarring. It's hard. And then the way that God says it, the way you're going to get through that hard stuff is that you're going to keep your eyes on me. And that's a tall order. Are you mature enough to keep your eyes on God when it hurts? Are you mature enough to keep your eyes on God when you lose family? Are you mature enough to keep your eyes on God when your bank crashes and your life savings are in there and all you have at home is like $400? Because you thought that $400 was it that you should keep on hand. And then the bank shuts. And there's a bank run and you don't get anything and then it tells you oh i'm sorry we're no longer liquid are you able to keep your eyes on god through painful things well he says that that's what we're going to have to do and immediately you hear that you auto, you automatically know that something is required a step up is required i spoke of the step up in the previous video that is called a dream of new America so if you haven't seen that video yet this is a second video and to better understand this video will be better if you watch the first one it's called the dream of new America Same, same look so you can't miss it so he says that we should keep our eyes on him this means that you have to be determined to focus on God through personal pain you have to be determined to focus on God through distractions you have to be determined Basically, that nothing is going to get you out of the groove, especially if you are new to Christianity or if you have been lazy with your Christianity and you don't have a groove, then you definitely need to dig for that extra and you need to Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to please help you by being transparent and saying, I did not store up any oil in the good times. And now this channel continues to throw me, throw me, throw me, but I refuse to let these waves carry me out. I'm trying to swim back to you, Jesus. Please help me. The more transparent and honest you are in your prayers with the Lord, the much more eager and willing he will be willing to help you because transparent and honest prayers... Besides only containing repentance, they contain the truth about who you are and what you have done thus far. When it comes to God, who have you taken God to be? Who have you taken the Holy Spirit to be? Who have you taken the Lord Jesus Christ to be? If you're just honest about that, they are much more willing to involve themselves, to walk next to you, to help you, because you're humble and you're admitting, I'm weak and I don't have it all together. I'm not trying to be the Bible master. I'm just asking for help. Lord, can you please help me? The Lord is always near to people who are contrite, and the humble person God will never ignore. And so that is the word that God has, that something is coming, and it's going to be harder than we think it is. Because people will say, oh, no, that's not prophecy. Yeah, well, when you're living through it, masters and maestros, we will all see what was what. The title of this prophecy is Kamala Harris and the Beast, Part 2. And the date for this prophecy is February the 24th, 2024. Kamala Harris and the Beast, Part 1 was done, I think it was October October 2022, so it's definitely over a year old. And now this second prophecy has come concerning this woman. The first group of prophecies that I did concerning Kamala Harris were done in November 2020 and that was during the time of the november 2020 election things were hot and heated and america was on tenterhooks as people went to the ballot boxes between joe biden and donald trump there's a lot of talking on both sides high expectations on both sides a very high stakes election with president trump as the incumbent with a very massive support base in the united states and around the world at that time, and so there was a lot at stake, and as these elections were going on, the Lord started talking to me from about the 3rd of November and started to talk to me in a way that really surprised me because God was not talking too much about Donald Trump and he wasn't talking too much about Joe Biden. The Lord was speaking exclusively about Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is the person that the Holy Spirit was focused on. Kamala Harris The the barely-made-it-on-the-ticket vice president is the person that the Holy Spirit was highlighting. She was the one that I was seeing in dreams. The Lord was telling me that Kamala Harris is going to be president of the United States. This is what he was telling me all the way back the 3rd, 4th of November 2020. And how God started out, the first prophecy was called No More Grace. And the Lord said that he was not going to give America a grace period anymore. And I had been praying for America to have an extended grace period i have never lived under any kind of rock concerning who donald trump is to this nation because the lord has always been saying that that man is not his choice for a president many people hold the alternate view i know the truth and i have spoken the truth here boldly multiple times to extreme backlash and it changes nothing because the lord says that all the accolades that were laid upon president donald trump are the accolades of men that men will always find something to worship. As long as people don't want to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, they will always find something to worship. They will always find something to exalt and then bow their knees. We were created to worship, but people don't want to create worship who we were created to worship. People want to constantly raise up idols in the earth and worship that person. And so the Lord said that Donald Trump was a respite for America. A respite is just basically giving somebody who's already losing, a break. That's it. You're behind on your car payments, you're behind on your house payments, you're behind on your whatever payments, rent payments, and then the person that you owe money says, "You know what? I'm going to catch you up 2 months or I'm going to give you a break in the payments or I'm going to break up your payments like that to make it less to make it less difficult for you." That's a rest bit. You're already behind and you can't catch a break and then someone says, "You know what? I'm going to cut you some slack." That's what it is. Donald Trump was a pause for America. Donald Trump was basically a four-year break for God to see if the nation could get itself back on track to focusing on God, to repenting of sin, to becoming righteous, so that God would perhaps have cause to avert judgment that has been hanging over this country for decades. The judgment that I speak here on the Master's Voice Prophecy blog is not a brand new judgment. This is not judgment that I've cooked up at home here um, in this apartment. This is judgment that has come out of the mouths of people that the Lord has sent, both Native sons and people from outside the country, to prophesy to this nation that if America did not turn from the way that she has been going for decades, that he, God, was going to judge her harshly and he was going to judge her in terms of war, letting her fall to her enemies, and fire, none of these themes are new. Donald Trump was just a pause to see if America would get it. America did not get it. America thought, well, we finally got a good old boy, we finally got a son who looks just like us, he's a chip off the old block, and God says that that is just typical Israel behavior. The Lord says that Donald Trump was Saul. He gave this nation Saul. Saul was a terrible king. He started off well, but very soon his internal weaknesses and his internal flaws were manifest, and then they colored his rule. And basically Saul was just a reflection of what was in Israel's heart at that time. Israel rejected God because they wanted a man to follow, and America rejects God because they want Donald Trump to follow. And so... The lord came at a time of prayer and the prophecy was so heavy on me that i i really felt like something was going to happen that day it was november the 3rd i think the prophecy is called no more grace and god just said um do not be like them do not continue to ask me for more time because all they do when i give them more time is they become more sinful They become more lustful, they become more wicked, and they increase their unrighteousness until it comes up to the heavens. So God said that America would not get any more grace, period, from him, any more rest. He said from that moment, November the 3rd, 2020, he said, I'm going to allow this country to fall into the hands of her enemies, and her enemies are going to be able to do whatever they want with her. And so that was November the 3rd, and then on November the 4th, I was having dreams. I think where I saw Kamala Harris, and she was saying, I'm the president of the United States, thinking, what are you talking about, lady? This presidential race is between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. You're barely on the ticket. You're just an add-on, you know, to get a certain kind of demographic and a certain type of vote. You're not the president, but she kept insisting. She said, I'm Kamala Harris, and I am the president of the United States. And then from that time on, November 5th, November 7th, all the way up to, I think, the 10th, I was constantly having these dreams, and the Lord kept speaking to me, even when I was awake. He would say things like, Celestial, this is Kamala's election. This is Kamala's election. I'll be thinking, Lord. All right, Lord. And I would jot these things down. And basically, um, there was a series of dreams that I had, and I will list them for you at the end, but that's just to give you context that at the time that nobody was looking at Kamala Harris, at the time that nobody was looking at her, everybody was looking at Joe Biden and Donald Trump, the Lord Jesus Christ said that Kamala Harris was going to be president of this country, saying that that Joe Biden is going to bring two people with him into the White House. One of those people would be Kamala Harris and the other person would be Barack Obama. And so this... Today is February the 25th. It's February the 25th of like 3 something. But yesterday, yesterday I was doing Bible reading. <coughs> Excuse me, please. A little bit hoarse now. Yesterday I was doing Bible reading and the Lord just suddenly started to speak about something totally different. I was reading in a different part of the Bible and he suddenly said, speak to them about the change of government that is coming to the United States. And I remember that just the night before, I had had that dream of how militarized America is going to be. America is not going to be the freedom nation that we know. It's going to be very different. So the Lord started to say, speak to them. Speak to them about the change of government coming to the United States. And I knew the Lord was going to give me a message. So I got my implements and I, to, to write, and this is what the Lord gave me. Speak about the change of government coming to the United States. There's a new government coming to the USA, a top-down authoritarian form of government that operates on favoritism, nepotism, instead of involvement by the citizen, and interconnected reliance on a three-branch system of government. So there's a new system of governance that's going to come to America. I've been discussing this for many years, giving many, many descriptions of how this government is going to be. This government has gone by several names here on the Master's Voice Prophecy blog. One of those names is the Rogue Government, saying that there's going to be a rogue government in the United States. Another of those names has been the Beast Government. Another of those names has been the Revelation 13 Government. Another of those names has been a Renegade Government. And now the Lord is simply saying a top-down government, authoritarian, meaning that there's no input from the bottom. There's no input from the people. There's no involvement where the people get to be a part of the system of government. The people will be told what the government is doing, and the people will be told, this is your role in it, and here's where you fall in line. This is your part in the play, and the government's basically going to write the play, direct the play, execute the play, and at the end of it all, execute people as well. This is going to be a... Government that conducts pogroms. Please excuse the noise. The government is definitely going to overstep. The government is going to overreach. The government is going to severely abuse power. These things, I've been saying them for a very long time, but now God is saying that this new government is going to come in and it's going to be working with favoritism and nepotism. Favoritism is literally what it sounds like. You have your favorites. You pick people based on emotional choices. You don't necessarily pick them based on their credentials. You don't pick them based on their years of experience. You don't pick them because they're the right person for the job. You pick them because, hey, you know, that's my that's my favorite movie star, and so now I'm going to make him a governor or something like that. This is just an example. You pick people based off of emotionally charged choices. You don't pick people because... They're the best pick. You don't pick them because they stand out. You don't pick them because of marriage. And nepotism is the same thing. This is promoting your friends. This is promoting family. This is promoting blood-related members into political positions instead of giving it to the right person. So immediately you are hearing the Lord describe for us here a very fatty form of government where you pick those who are close to you and you keep them close. And then you shut avenues whereby ordinary people well-deserving people hard-working people qualified people even long-serving people in previous governments will be able to come back and he also says that there's going to be less involvement by the citizen in the nation and there's also going to be less interconnected reliance on a three-branch system of government Traditionally, it's supposed to be the judiciary, it's supposed to be the legislative branch, it's supposed to be the executive branch, and these three branches, they work together. If they work together seamlessly, then that's a very healthy country. If there's competition between the branches, this is where you might see political instability, you might see economic breakdowns, you might see coup, coups and things like that. The three branches are not operating, but what God is saying here is that America is going to basically do away with needing two of the branches. America is not going to really rely on a healthy, functioning three-branch system. It's going to start to be very strong on the executive branch, and it's going to be very, very much less on the judicial branch and the legislature. So the Lord then said, tell them about the loss of political power in the legislature and the judiciary. Both of them will atrophy until they're little more than figurehead fixtures of the U.S. government. To atrophy means to shrink and to become weak. Atrophy describes the action of a limb that you are not using until it becomes useless. If somebody was to tie your arm to your body for a week, that arm will be so weak and so withered compared to your straight arm that's allowed to have movement and blood flow and so god was saying tell them about the loss of political power in the legislature and the judiciary both of them are going to shrink until they're hardly anything more than figurehead fixtures within the u.s government so not necessarily doing away with them but just stripping them of power leeching them of power until they're there more in name only but they're not very effective and it's a very dangerous situation when a when a country has especially a court system that is only a dummy court system in countries like that they usually kill the citizens because you cannot get a fair trial the judges are already bought or the judges are afraid you can't get a fair trial and it's a highly risky place to live same with if the lawmakers are being shackled if the lawmakers are being bound and so God was saying senators will only be needed for brief consultations and appearances so purely for looks that's what the senators will be needed for when they'll say like I'm standing here um you have you have Kamala standing there and saying you know I met with a few senators and then she's going to have a few key guys there and they're going to be standing there like yes we met with her but they didn't really do anything they were probably called into a private session and told I want to do this and this and this and you guys are going to see to it that it happens So senators will only be needed for brief consultations public appearances or to rubber stamp executive decisions the immense power that a U.S. senator enjoys now will be stripped away and will be replaced with figurehead power. And the prophecy is not coming to mind at the moment, but I will look for it and link it below, and I'll leave a little tag so you can know this is the part I'm talking about, where I was saying senators in particular are going to lose so much power that they're going to just be drawing some kind of nominal salary As a token, and I was saying in that prophecy, I said, so senators, enjoy the power that you have now because later you're either going to be defunct, you're going to be unemployed, or you're simply going to be there as little bobbleheads to nod to whatever the executive says. They will be asked for an opinion, they will play an advisory role, but in real terms, the executive is going to have very sharp teeth while the other branches will be effectively turned into toothless bulldogs. Then the Lord said, tell them that Kamala Harris will be president of America, and with her will come regime change and regime government. Tell them Kamala's going to be president of the USA, and she's bringing regime change and regime government. Now, a lot of people, because of TV, because of news, because terms just get tossed around, they just say, oh, that's a regime, that's a regime. But did you ever take the time to look up what a regime is? Regime is a form of government that is extremely strict. In fact, the word regime, when you define it, it means a method. That's one of its primary definitions. A regime is a method. So if you see somebody and you ask her, oh, you look so great, what's your skincare regime? Or you see somebody who's so fit, what's your gym regime? When this person starts talking about a regime, they're actually detailing for you a very strict methodology, a very strict process that they do not deviate from very often. Athletes have regimes. They do the same thing day after day, week after week, month after month, because that's the only way of ensuring that their physical bodies, which is the major asset that they use in life, that their physical assets stays in peak shape and offers peak performance. So when someone says regime government, they're telling you that this is a government that does not break from character. Now, America is definitely going to break from character from being a democratic republic and a free nation and a nation that supports laws, at least on paper, and there's going to be a sharp breakaway from that into a very North Korea, very China, very old-style Russia type of government. So there's definitely going to be that sharp break away from that, but once the government gets into its overreaching illegal activities it's not going to break character anymore it's going to stay in character as that and so kamala is bringing regime government i've explained it to you but she's also bringing regime change that's what i just explained that america is going to break away from what she's always done her old regime which is go to court and sue someone if you have a case if you have a grievance bring it and We'll have overseeing bodies, we have watchdogs watching watchdogs, we have internal commissions and all that, that stuff is going to go away and there's going to be a regime change into a regime government. And so in a regime government, the power doesn't change hands easily and all the checks and balances that make sure that the government stays interrelated and accountable to one another are not present. This means that basically when the executive, when the White House starts to grow outside of its mandated space, no one is going to be able to stop it. No one is going to be able to say anything. The judges will be trying to fight for their lives, and I guess they'll just be bought out or threatened or whatever will happen. They will be toothless, and the lawmakers will be toothless. The Lord says the U.S. government will have very concentrated power in the executive branch, And the president that we will see this the most with is Kamala Harris. So it's not as if to say that the United States hasn't had strong presidents in the past, strong cabinets, especially those presidents that were wartime presidents. No. Guard is saying that we're going to see something brand new, where we're going to see excessively concentrated power happening with the executive branch to almost the exclusion of the other two and it's not going to happen overnight don't expect to see that when this woman gets into power she gets sworn in the next thing you know senate is closed and stuff like that it's not going to be like that god says that the person we're going to see this with the most is kamala harris this is compared to her predecessors so you have to have understanding when you're listening hers is a top-down government where she's going to work less with lawmakers than any other president before her. And so when the Lord was telling me this and I'm writing it down, it's hard to hear Kamala say this. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Let's figure out a way and get this done. This woman is not going to come and say, I am Kublai Khan and start to say, I forbid this and I forbid that. There's a language that goes with this thing that the Bible calls peace and safety. There's a way to present things There's a way that you put it across where you don't look like a slavering savage from the forest that is going to say, get it done by midnight or everyone's head comes off. No, there's a way to present things where it looks like it's multilateral cooperation, where it looks like, oh, no, everybody gets a say here. But actually, there's only one pressure point that's being applied, and it will be coming from the commander-in-chief who's going to be uh, a woman. And so let's get it done, she will say. And then she's going to end up writing an executive order to accomplish her objectives instead of working with the lawmakers or working with the courts. And she's going to use this phrase, let's get it done. Here's the whole sentence that the Lord gave me. This is when she's asked. So as you listen to this, when she's asked, well, why, why did you do this? Why did you decide to proceed this way? What, what, what was the rationale behind that? This is what she's going to say. Uh, we, we needed to get it done. We looked at the numbers, and we evaluated the situation, and we decided that the quickest way to get things moving uh, was the way that we chose. The normal route. The normal route, obviously this is working with the lawmakers, the normal route was something that we considered. But in the end, due to time constraints and just for the good of the United States, we decided on this way because we needed to get it done. So what God is promoting here, what God is premiering here for us before it happens is the particular language that you can expect to hear coming out of a Kamala Harris White House. We were working against time. We were working with budgetary constraints. We knew that it was going to take a long time with the senators and the House. We considered it. It's the normal way. We're not ignorant. We know how the government works. We found the government working a certain way when we got here. But for the good of the United States, we needed to get this done. This is justifiable cause. This will be a White House of justifiable cause. To put it in simpler terms, the ends justifies the means. We had to make an omelet so we broke a few eggs this is how kamala harris is going to justify using the executive order pen a little too freely and two prophecies for that you can look at is i think it's kamala harris and the beast part one you can also look at the break the brick breaker game um Oh, another one is a broken rule of law. Definitely in that prophecy, a broken rule of law. um, The Lord showed me Kamala Harris, and she had the Constitution in front of her, and she was scribbling all over it with a big black marker. She was scribbling all over it, crossing out whole provisions, and then writing some stuff on top of the constitutional document. She was not writing on a copy. She was writing on the actual thing, and I have been saying here for at least since, 2020 that the u.s constitution is going to end up completely useless it's going to end up defunct it's going to end up losing all its potency all its powers they're constantly going to undermine that document in the years ahead they may not repeal an amendment they may not repeal anything in it per se what they will do is they will just make a ton of small little laws that will ring fence a particular amendment gun laws is definitely one of them they're going to make small little adjustments here 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 until the actual second amendment becomes completely useless it's useless it's already becoming useless here in New York City If they say that this is a gun-free zone and a gun-free zone and that's a gun-free zone, then once they make everywhere in the state a gun-free zone, then the only place you can take your gun is your house. And then some people may not feel that that's giving them enough use of their Second Amendment rights. So um, regime governments, don't change hands easily we've discussed that checks and balances will go away and kamala harris is going to greatly drive her government forward through unilateral decisions she will make the decisions her and her advisors and they may work with the courts and they may work with the lawmakers but increasingly god says that she will not efficacy and wanting to avoid red tape will be given as the reason why the normal channels are not being followed and for a season people are going to believe it until they see how it backfires on them so she's going to say that it was more efficient this way and you know i just worked better with a small team and most importantly she will have results to point to she will have results to point to efficacy means that you can do a thing and you can do it well and the results are visible the results are tangible you can see them And if there's one thing that people love in this modern world, it is results. So as long as someone keeps posting results, they're going to tell you, aren't you happy with the new pipeline? Aren't you happy with the new roads? Can't you see that we're getting more lunches to kids in schools once they have results to post? They will tell you that my way of doing it is efficient, and this is how all true and good dictators are born. If you're going to be a good dictator, you're just going to wake up and shoot people up. Everyone will know, hmm, that's a tyrant. The best dictators are born slowly. They are hatched like chicken eggs, and usually they get the people to sit on the egg ignorantly until the very day that they are ready to pull off their face and uncover who they really are. And so God says that for a season, people will believe because Kamala will get results. She absolutely will get results, and people will believe what she's saying until they see how it backfires on them. In other words, Mrs. Kamala Harris is going to build a cage and convince the majority of people to get in that cage until the day she slams the door and says, you're not coming out of the cage. God says how she will get it done. Please remember, we had to get it done. We decided that this was the best way to get it done. How she's going to get it done is that she's going to make unilateral decrees, just her, and one-man decisions that leave no room for Congress to do much except argue or agree. Congress will either have to argue with this woman when she's president, and in the end she's going to go ahead and do it anyway, what she wanted to do, or Congress will have to agree. And at least when they agree with her, the Lord says that then she'll be able to do what she wants, and the lawmakers at least will be able to pretend that they had some say in the decision. She's going to be a one-man show with a very tight click around her that can't be broken, and more and more this will cause friction between the different arms of government than ever before. A one-man show with a tight click. So she's going to be in the center, and then because of, we spoke of it in the beginning, nepotism and also favoritism, she's going to basically pick a team that will ring fence her. Now, God says that conflict is going to come from that and friction because the different arms of government are going to be trying to say, can I get an audience with the president? Maybe the chief justice wants to have a word. Maybe the speaker of the house, maybe the majority whip of either side will say, well, I want to I have a word with her. And then... They're not going to be able to get that audience, and this is going to cause unrest. This is going to cause, what kind of secret society is this in the White House where we can't even get a word with the president? The press might feel the same. We can't even get to, you know, interview the president, even though they hardly get to see the one that we have right now. So... Friction is going to be a part of this government, and this woman is going to be unbothered by friction because from what you can hear so far, she's not going to let that stop her from achieving her objectives, and you're going to hear why very soon. God says, more and more you're going to see that it's Kamala Harris who's actually behind the bill proposals. More and more you will see Kamala Harris being the one to propose a bill or to propose reform or to suggest it and then sit on top of the lawmakers to make sure that they get it done more and more you're going to see her putting pressure to make sure that the suggestions she makes get passed and she's going to be heavily involved in the whole process like her influence must be felt throughout the process so it's the lawmakers it's congress that are supposed to propose bills debate it and then decide that they're going to put it through or not, and then it ends up on the president's desk for signing. And the president does have a reserved power. The president can't veto it, but unless there's overwhelming reasons to do so, that's not usually what happens. The two arms of government and even within the House, within the House and, and the Senate, they're supposed to be working together ostensibly to reach, to reach best outcomes for people. But God says that you're going to see the White House generating a lot of bill proposals. So not exactly writing them, because I think that's illegal, but definitely being the driving force and saying, why don't we get that done? Why don't we have Senator so-and-so uh, draft that up and, then, and see who we can get to back him up? So this is manipulation coming from outside when it's not supposed to be coming from outside. Instead of waiting for the final thing, organic bills, to come, there's going to be uh, pitches. They're going to be pitching ideas and things like that from the White House, suggesting it, and then kind of trying to ramrod it through, trying to push it through by sitting on top of the lawmakers and saying and calling people up and saying, what's taking so long, and you guys are debating it for, for far too long. Heavily involved influence. This is called duress. And this means that the laws are not going to be genuine. They're going to be coming from a place of personal agendas, White House agendas that may not always match and probably, in fact, will not match the best interests of the American people in the long term. God says that the White House will leak into Congress and the lawmakers will give strong pushback when they feel their corner of the playground being invaded, which is understandable. When they feel that their power is being hampered, questioned, and eroded, they're going to fight back so you're just looking for more chaos in the american government basically when kamala harris comes in this is what the lord is saying you're looking for more chaos you're looking for more explosive headlines you're looking for the media to just pump all this out and increase the sense of insecurity in the nation god says that she's going to be top down i said it now let's get it done and she's going to be very hands-on and she's going to be nothing like this quiet backdoor role that she's playing now so please hear this, so that you can know what you're seeing when you see it in the future. She's not going to be a quiet background player. She's going to be all in, hands on. She will be extremely different, rolling up her sleeves to get to work from day one, but by the time a certain time period has passed, people will realize that they hate the work that has been done. So this is the same impression that Barack Obama gave people. Please go back to the prophecy that is called Brace for Impact, because in that prophecy, I said that I saw Kamala Harris with a very expensive black earpiece in her ear, and the Lord revealed to me that when Kamala Harris's turn comes at that in the White House, the person who's going to be coaching her step for step and line for line is none other than Barack Obama. You hear the Lord detailing that she's going to be rolling up her sleeves to get to work. She's going to be very very busy, hands-on, involved, and this is the exact impression that Barack Obama gave throughout his presidency. He had a habit of rolling up his sleeves because people subconsciously connected with that act. Because you roll up your sleeves when you're busy. You roll up your sleeves when you say, I'm about to get my hands dirty. I'm about to go all in. People greatly connected with that aesthetic. God may not be saying that she's going to physically roll up her sleeves. That may be too much of a copycat move. But in terms of being busy, in terms of being evolved, in terms of saying, let's get this thing on the road. People are going to be initially fooled by this because they are used to her playing this passive, quiet role now. She doesn't do much now. And so when she suddenly seems galvanized and back to life, people are gonna say, you know what, we did a great thing. I'm glad we bet on her. She she was a sleeping volcano after all. Look at her go. But he says that when a certain time period has passed, Kamala will tell us basically, Let's get to work. And then there's going to be a lot of hammering and nails and all that cartoon smoke. But the Lord is saying that when a certain time period has passed and the cartoon smoke subsides, people are going to take a look at what work has been done. They're going to take a look at how different America is. And they will hate, this is capital H-A-T-E, they will hate the work that has been done. Euphoria will accompany her, her into the White House at first. But remorse and regret will set in like a cancer before too many years have passed. She will come out of the stall like a racehorse, ready to work, and she will put through a number of proposals that will end up securing a very strong power base for herself. Kamala Harris is a beast government president. She's not an American president. She represents the start of the beast system. This means that people should expect things to be very different with her and also less accommodating. The government during her time will be less transparent, less vocal, not less vocal in terms of speech, not less vocal in terms of talking to us. When a government is top down, that government is constantly speaking to the people, informing them. It is not engaging them. It is not telling us, let us know how you feel and write in and go to the special interest groups and we're interested to know where you are on this topic. No. Top-down governments speak a lot. They speechify. They're constantly making announcements. They are heavy on the propaganda. They want to get into the people's heads and control the thoughts in people's heads. So it'll be less vocal in terms of, communicating what they are doing they will not be telling us exactly what they are doing don't expect clarity from the beast system expect to always be on your toes expect to always be afraid of what new law is coming at 11:59 p.m that's going to be fully active with the death penalty at 12 midnight the next day that kind of thing less communication makes people Uncertain. It makes people nervous. It breeds a culture of severe mistrust. This is how you can now understand all the prophecies that I brought here of snitches, of people telling on one another, of people being willing to be do, doing stuff to their neighbor, doing stuff to their family member because of incentives that will be offered because of divide and rule policies well the first one to do this gets this but the other one then doesn't get much and then people are pitted against one another there's no brotherly love you hear the bible that says that the times will come when the love of man will grow cold this is actually the depiction the holy spirit now breaking down into the small granular pieces for our understanding how this thing happens you read one sentence in the Bible, and you just think the love of man will grow cold. Yes, it will grow cold when you want social credit score points, and then you turn in your neighbor for having one too many farm animals if the, if the limit is four, and then she's hiding a fifth one because she couldn't help it that her cow gave birth to twins. Then you watch her for a while, and you know she has to, and then if she doesn't kill the extra calf, then you call the government in, and then they come and get the woman and all her, her cows. And then you never see them again. And then they even say to you, would you like to take over this farm for your service to the government? This is very dangerous. This is very North Korea, very kind of Soviet Union, old style, mafia lifestyle. And let it never be forgotten what God is telling us here. This is not just an idle discussion. God is telling us that this is the reality we are going to have to live in. And he's naming the names that are going to do it, but because people haven't seen it happen in five minutes, because people haven't seen it happen the way they think, then they say it's a lie. But it's extremely dangerous to hear the future spoken so clearly with so many details, and then to be so ignorant as to say, well, it hasn't happened yet, so it's not going to happen. Are you serious? It hasn't rained yet, so there's no rain? This is what people are doing, and they will live with the choices that they're making. The government will be less transparent, it will be less communicative about what they're doing, but it certainly will not be less speechifying. They're going to be talking to us all the time, and God says that this government that Kamala Harris is bringing in will be far less accommodating than any other government in history accommodating means that if people strongly resist something if people are not on board with something if people are protesting something that the government is aware of it and is able to pivot and find out why the people are unhappy and perhaps make some concessions accommodating means that to a certain extent the government can hear the voice of the people the government is able and willing to answer people's questions and the government is willing to dialogue with them if people want to parlay or have free speech about something going on in the country, that means they want to speak about it in a news broadcast, they want to speak it on the, about it on their YouTube channel, they want to make a TikTok about it, they want to talk about it on their podcast, or they want to make comedy sketches about it and express themselves that way. Because free speech is protected in the country, they can. It is protected by the Constitution. Now, please hear what God is saying because this is the Holy Spirit's revelation because I don't know this woman. God says that this is not going to happen with Kamala Harris because Kamala Harris has a quick temper and she has very thin skin. Now, you've never seen this woman have an outburst in public. She usually seems to be jovial even when she's caught off guard. She'll laugh and she'll try to deflect. But God says that this behavior, this outer behavior is actually masking a quick temper and very thin skin. Thin-skinned people cannot handle criticism. Thin-skinned people cannot handle being made fun of on Saturday Night Live. Thin-skinned people cannot handle hearing many podcasts saying many things. That's not going to be tolerated. Listen to the Lord the same way that God described the personality of Vladimir Putin years ago in 2019. And then Tucker Carlson sat down with Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Putin has been saying all the things that I've been saying. And who told me this? The people who watch the blog, the people who watch the old things are sending me constant email. Celestial, this man said with his own mouth that he's interested in maps. This man said with his own mouth that he's interested in the old borders of Russia. But in 2019, I wrote these things on the blog that God says Putin is like this, and Putin thinks like this, and Putin does this. And these are Putin's motivations. So here are the motivations of your future president. She's extremely thin-skinned, and she has a quick temper. And God says that the veneer of civility, the ability to answer a question and say, oh, no, that's not so. God says that beneath that thing, this woman gets very, very angry. And if she is within striking distance of the one who has made her angry, she will strike them. She will strike the people who make fun of her. This woman will be very rough with her detractors, and she will be very partial to her friends. This is the kind of person who will will make lavish gifts towards those who are in favor with the crown and then will confiscate the land and belongings. This is how old kings used to be. They would confiscate the land and belongings of the nobles that they were angry with, and they would put those men in jail forever, and then would take their land and their animals and give them as gifts to their personal friends, the ones who were called the king's favorites. That's what the Lord is saying, that she has a very thin cover of a civil behavior, but underneath that she gets very angry, and she's going to strike at people who mock her and strike at people who oppose her, but she will be extremely good to her friends. Think of this phrase, I am a friend to my friends and an enemy to my enemies. This is how regime government works. Favor is given to the favorites, but it will be a very hard rod of sidelining and persecution to those who are seen as political detractors or enemies.